While we're prepared to work with the federal government, we simply cannot wait any longer to act. Support survivors, their families, and Indigenous communities. That is why Ontario is committing $10 million over in the next three years to identify, investigate, protect, and commemorate residential school burial sites and cemeteries. That is Premier Ford with his government announcing $10 million to fund three years of research to investigate as well as commemorate uh, residential school burial sites across his province. And in Ontario, there were 18 residential schools, the last one closing back in 1991. Some of them got destroyed, um, others were repurposed, and others were just abandoned. And to our knowledge, there are at least 12 known locations of unmarked burial sites in this province, but it is actually believed that there could be more children buried. And so this funding in part will go to uh, hiring historians and forensic specialists who know how to survey these lands to see if any of Ontario's 426 Indigenous children are buried in unmarked graves. I want to bring Dr. Keisha Supernat into this conversation, Director of the University of Alberta's Institute of Prairie and Indigenous Archaeology. Good to have you, Doctor. Thank you for having me. You haven't done specifically work like this in Ontario, but you've certainly done this kind of ground-penetrating radar on Indigenous ground, so you're very familiar with it. Um, when you hear an investment of $10 million, and not all of that is allocated to this very, very specified kind of, um, you know, uh, forensic kind of investigation. How far will that go to getting answers? I think that's a really good question, and it's a very difficult one to answer. There are so many different things to consider around any given school in terms of what's already known, what kind of area you're looking at to do any kind of survey, what background research has been done, and it's each school will have a somewhat unique set of circumstances. So I think mm-hmm. this is a good start, but it is likely not going to be enough to do the work that is needed. No, I mean, it's such specialized work. It's not like you can just go out and hire a bunch of, of people. You have to have very specific um, expertise to do this kind of work. But it seems when you kind of take a step back from it, it would be very, very daunting. Like, where would you even start? As you mentioned, you talk about the background in research. You'd have to find where these schools are. Then I guess you'd have to survey the land. And then you have to basically know where to look. But it's a very time-consuming process. It is indeed a time-consuming process because you do have to go back not only to the archive, but communities hold many stories about possible areas where children may have been buried. The survivors will, will often tell that. We also need to understand the historic land use, right? So what happened to the land after the school had closed? And then it's a matter of designing these, these surveys. And right. the first step is to find the locations. And then there needs to be that conversation about what happens if you do find possible evidence of unmarked burials using these technologies, then what's next? Um, So all these things take time and money. Right. And and certainly you can't do this without um, assistance and help and guidance from those in the Indigenous community, because they'll be providing a lot of the historical context and, and information. But how many teams do you think that they will have to build in Ontario? And what would those teams look like? Well, that's another really good question. It's uh, So you're going to need folks who have 
different sets of expertise, right? So you need, mm-hmm. you're going to need historians, folks who are comfortable working in with archival documents. The National Center for Truth and Reconciliation has done some of that foundational work, but there's always more to do. You're going to need uh, folks who have experience with the survey technology finding unmarked graves, which are primarily archaeologists. So you'll need, and there's only a really a handful across the yeah. country who have direct experience in finding graves with these technologies. And then you'll need forensic specialists if there's any interest in exhuming or identifying these. Again, the pool is pretty small, so there's a real capacity issue here. Yeah, and certainly Ontario is not the only place where residential schools existed. And so this is going to become a countrywide, um, you know, uh, effort. And, and certainly if there's not that many teams, uh, and it's not like you can just build these teams overnight. I mean, we have just very few, few with this kind of expertise, as you say. And, and so... What's the timeline? Because I think a lot of Canadians want answers, certainly those in Indigenous communities who may have lost a loved one or want accountability, they want answers. But it sounds to me like we could be looking at over a decade, if not longer, to get these answers and find these children. Well, I think if we look at, for example, the timescale of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission, it took years to, to do that work in the way that it needed to be done. And while I know that there is a really strong sense of urgency and there are some communities who are prepared to move quickly on this, I do think it's something that is going to take years to, to really get to the level that is needed. And then there needs to be a, a strategy for how to support communities in a timely way with this expertise. And that's one thing I think is happening. Those conversations are happening across the country right now. Right. And I assume, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, that you wouldn't in, be involved in this particular kind of work. Um, and, and I, you know, can you explain to me the, the kind of um, x-raying or radiology work that would be done on the ground? Because it's not like you just see bodies or bones under the ground. It's not that specific. And so you have to survey the land where you think there may be children buried. And then it's a real effort to find where someone might be buried. And there's no guarantee that you could find that. That's absolutely right. So the ground penetrating radar itself simply sees possible uh, potential grave shafts, so the, the digging of the grave itself. And we always recommend as well that multiple remote sensing technologies, because ground penetrating radar is one of several options. And the more of that you can do, the more certainty you can build that what you're seeing is, in fact, a potential unmarked grave. The nature of some of these graves may make them particularly difficult to detect if they're more clandestine, if they're not in a formal burial context, that makes it much more challenging to locate them. And then, yes, once you you know have areas that warrant further investigation, there needs to be that conversation about what that investigation should entail. And communities must lead at every step of the way and be provided the resources to do this work. Yeah, and and I have to think in some cases, some of these areas and schools could have been replaced by more modern buildings and, and paved over, essentially. I mean, there's no guarantee that, that these are unsettled um, lands. Yes, and depending on the history of that development, there's, you know, more or less possibility of finding things. Um, you know, there are some types of impacts that we still can use these technologies to detect certain types of, of graves, for example, but at the same time, each school will have its mm-hmm. own unique history and, and the attention needs to be paid to designing any of this work in response to whatever's going on at any given school. And so as far as, as you can see, I mean, we're a long way off to getting this kind of reconciliation, but is the idea then to document the graves and mark them 
certainly wouldn't be to exhume anything. I mean, or or, or is it just to make sure that there's a final resting spot for those uh, who are recovered? I think this is an important conversation that's happening right now, and I suspect different communities will want to do different sorts of things. Uh, for example, I think we've heard in, in the news recently about the Brandon, the work at the Brandon Indian Residential School, and I know there's mm-hmm. conversations there about potentially trying to identify the children and see if they're living relatives and family members. Um, that would require exhuming, uh, but I, yeah. I think... Again, communities have to be 100% on board with that's how they want to proceed because that itself is such a it's sort of another level of that that pain and that trauma. But in some cases, it might be also a way to pursue certain types of justice. So, right. you know, I can't say whether or not communities should or should not do that, but I can say that from the conversations I've had, not all will want to take that step. Right. Well, it's going to be fascinating, certainly not overnight, and it's going to take and require some patience. But, Doctor, I really appreciate your time and giving us a look into this world. Thank you for having me. That is Dr. Keisha Supernet, who is one of very, very few in this country who does this kind of work and will obviously be involved and is already involved in doing this kind of work. So we'll continue talking about it.